Hi guys and welcome back to your Pretty for a podcast and it just feels so amazing to kind of be back on a weekly basis but I'm one of your hosts Iman. I am Sama. And I'm Saba. And welcome to the fourth instalment in our Black Lives Matter series, which is crazy because four episodes means four weeks, four weeks means a month, which is mad because us being back for, you know, for a month is is crazy how time flies, right? Mm-hmm. How, yeah. how have you guys happened. been? Yeah, a lot, a lot's happened. A lot's happened this week as well. And kind of what I kind of like about what we're doing with the Black Lives Matter movement series is we're you know really up to date with what's happening in the news what's happening on a weekly basis and where things are changing so 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 quickly I think it's important to stay relevant and to stay up to date um and with this episode we're actually talking about how to keep up the momentum now that all the news is kind of dying down now that we're seeing different stuff on our Instagram feeds now we're seeing more things like fashion posts and what have you where do we go next? What happens next? What's going mm. on? What's hap- what, what can we do to try and keep up that momentum? And almost like what's behind it and who's behind it? Um, and I think that these are one of the most important episodes that we're going to do, actually, because I, it's not like I want to call out people because we, I, I mean, we're definitely going to go into influences and influences role um, in kind of activism and policy change mm. and pushing mm. it. Um, but just kind of, yeah, just just what are what are our expectations of of people beyond ourselves and and even you know like Marcus Rashford, who obviously yeah. he um, he done his school vouchers for the rest of the summer. He's a footballer, incredible you know, guy. People who don't know, uh, go into it. I think just yeah. Is. So so Marcus plays for Man United. By the way, I'm an Arsenal fan. Oh. <laughs> But, oh uh, bless but, you honey but after what but no don't listen listen you've listen, been listen. you've been through a lot i've been through a lot i don't support but... anyone i just know your pain <laughs> yeah i just i've seen your pain yeah um but after what marcus has done i'm like yo i'm looking at man united a little bit differently now um so for anyone who doesn't know he's a man united football player 22 year old um black boy from manchester grew up in manchester and he well i mean he's been campaigning for school vouchers for for a long time so since march so since the beginning of lockdown he's been campaigning for it and i don't know if anyone who's not from the uk and is not familiar with our politics but basically we had school vouchers for uh, lower income families so I think it was last week was the last uh, week and last deadline for all school vouchers for uh, children coming from poorer incomes. And he basically wrote a long letter to um, not just all MPs, but specifically to Boris Johnson to overturn that policy and to make school vouchers continue for the next six weeks. So over summer. Um, And initially when he put through the letter, they actually rejected it. And it was about two, three hours later, Marcus was on the phone with Boris Johnson, which is our prime minister, and Boris basically overturned it, which was incredible. It's incredible, but it's also kind of, it's messed up. It's a bit fucked up that, you know, he's listened to this footballer, but But he doesn't listen to, well, you know. But it's incredible that the you know he has an actual voice and he's used it. He's used his platform for good, mm-hmm. and I think that like connects to what we were um, talking about before, like when we were discussing the idea for this episode, is that 
when you have this platform, when you are an influencer or you're a footballer, you're in a position of power essentially. Like, mm. how are you using that um, to for good now that social media is kind of um, dying down after the Blackout Tuesday um, spike in activism? I would say from everyone. Um, what are we doing now moving forward? Mm. And I mean, like for me, uh, in my family, I've we've sat down and like we've had discussions together as um, with my like with my parents. You know, that's a, that's amazing. Things. You know, we've we've discussed things that are problematic within culture. You know, mm. um, there was a Palestinian, uh, an Afro-Palestinian uh, woman. She's an actress who done a video about you yes. know the racist kind of language and terminology mm. that we use. Um, in in our culture and um i basically saved that video from instagram sent it to my mom and i made her send it to all her whatsapp friends mm. and it's like they have this platform now like our parents their generation where they share everything on whatsapp and a lot of the times i mean like we're joking about like coronavirus they send conspiracy theories and things like that and jokes like that and it's like actually use it for good like now that there is a there is a movement and something that is so apparent within our culture racism and colorism is massive massive issue um use that for good like share why not why not have the you know older generation like make them understand mm. speak to them and stop using this excuse of you know they they come from a different time and actually make them you know partake in this activism that we have going on now i think it's really really important that um, when we're posting on social media that we're also taking this conversation into our own homes and within our friendship groups like I've uh, like had conversations even with you Aman more off social media on the phone than I have had posting on social media uh, like mm. I've had you know discussions like with loads of friends and loads of family and I've like really started to try and educate myself this is a learning curve I think for everyone mm. and sometimes I feel like it pisses me off a little bit when I see like certain influencers who are kind of jumping on as like you know they're getting optical as a kind of trend mm. uh, to spike up their followers or whatever it is because everyone else is posting it when they've done really problematic shit in the past in terms of cultural appropriation blackface mm. or whatever, whatever it may be um, and it's like why don't you just instead of constantly like having to defend yourself like it's almost a defense mechanism with how much they've been posting and what they're saying um that they're not you know i don't really know if it's genuine if it comes from mm. a place of um honesty yeah and if they are actually having like creating these changes if they are learning and trying to unlearn all this um all this uh hate that they've grown up with yeah. all this so well i mean i i mean i kind of want to go into a bit of cancel culture afterwards when it comes to influencers but i mm -hmm. think that you raise some interesting points because actually yeah like what we're seeing on social media as you said you've taken that into good you're then taking videos that you find are really helpful whether that be in arabic or english or any other language and you're 
sending it to your mum and your mum is sending it to people via WhatsApp. And as you said, like, we joke about WhatsApp. You know, my auntie sends mm-hmm. me good morning in Arabic with roses and, and flowers and love hearts and teddy bears every single morning. And I joke and I'm like, oh, my God, these these chain messages and, and this is that and the third. But mm. actually, we can start using it for good. And you'd be really surprised at how much it circulates on WhatsApp, mm. how much these messages circulate. Because there's been some stuff that has been sent to my mum that I hadn't even seen yet on Instagram or whatever it might be because it circulated that quickly so Mm. I think that I think that what you say there you know is is completely like nail on the head and is completely relevant but what I kind of wanted to to talk about was okay so we've seen what Marcus has done he is the only footballer that I can think of in the UK that has really made an impact in policy i can think of us ones but the ones in the uk yeah. i i can't really think of so no. it's kind of like where is where is the line where is their place what 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 type of activism are we willing to accept and what type of activism are we willing not to accept because on the flip side someone can be you know active on social media because i've as well with social media i think that we are led almost by like a trauma porn industry where we kind of feed off of trauma and where we where we see it where we see it and and you know it kind of feeds people's egos whether that be for sadistic means and reasons or not but i feel like that that definitely is a niche that a lot of influencers are trying to go into. Like, I don't know if you've seen, but there's an um, amazing meme page called Fuck You, Karen. It's one of the best yeah, meme pages. <laughs> it's one of the best I meme need to pages. follow them. It's, it's one wonderful. of the best meme pages ever. But they constantly um, are now posting different influencers who are actually going to Black Lives Matter protests to take a photo. So yeah, they'll, take, yeah, yeah, they'll yeah. take a photo and then they'll post it. Do you know how mad that is? For like, someone, I think it's a photo shoot. Yeah, for someone to think, let me go to a protest and take a photo. So in that instance, if, like, for, and also, I, don't, I hate the excuse, oh, I don't know enough about it to post it. I, that's a bullshit excuse in my eyes as well. Do you know that excuse but you, really doesn't make sense when yeah, you have Google? Sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. That whole to thing. Honest, to be honest, I, I agree with both of you to an extent. I think when people say something like i don't understand black lives matter i don't understand this whole movement enough to post about it because when you post there is a sense of responsibility when you're posting Mm. i do feel like because if you're going to post something you have to be able to debate it i think it's Mm. really really important to think that and if you can't debate it don't post it i genuinely Mm. like stand by i agree with that though as well yeah i in terms of at least uh, i'm i'm not speaking for black people because obviously i I don't know the struggle that they go through especially in this time but i'm speaking in terms of uh, you know racial microaggressions that i receive if someone was posting about iraq war or like uh, you know oppression in iran or whatever um and they didn't have anything kind of to debate it or debunk it it would kind of just piss me off because it would just be like if someone was to question you about this are you gonna have to sit there five Mm. hours googling it and come up with a narrative that you've just regurgitated from someone else's opinion Mm. or is it something that you've actually taken the time to learn and focus on and unpack Mm. with us i feel like having this podcast creating this series i've learned more about systemic oppression about even the terminology that we looked at uh Mm. in the last um 
a few episodes ago like everything i think as we're going we're learning and we're educating ourselves as much as possible so when we post we have grounds to back it because we're reading books Mm. we're watching documentaries we're having important difficult discussions and unpacking things that from our cultures that you know we've grown up with that we've had to kind of reconsider what's right what's wrong what's you know fucked up essentially so i think if you don't know enough don't post because it is a responsibility Mm. i agree with that too though i definitely agree agree. with that too and and i mean even uh, you know to kind of to add to that because i i don't want to talk about people who are not influencers i just specifically want to talk to people who have a platform and yeah i think that that you know there's so many influencers well not so many sorry there's like one or two people that i know that have got a platform that even though they might not post regularly when it comes to black lives matter movement and activism in general in real life i know what they're doing and they really are on the field and they really are helping you know implement policy in politics in law in so many things Mm -hmm. yeah and and bear in mind for we have to i feel like as a society we need to start seeing influencers as influencers and celebrities as celebrities because of a lot of a lot of influencers that we see that are like in the uk or europe or whatever they actually have a day job influencing and having a platform like unless it's really really big they don't necessarily that's not their whole life we need to stop equating influencers to people like kim k so i the the problem that i have with holding people accountable online when it comes to influencers whether they've posted or haven't posted or what they've posted or how they've posted it why are we giving these people so much credibility like My, uh, i'm gonna but, argue against you iman actually let me finish your point finish go ahead yeah what well, i just feel like why are we giving these people so much credibility where we feel as though we can hold them accountable because at the end of the day if people follow them for their fashion or people follow them for their food blogs or people follow them for what their design work or artwork or whatever it might be that's what you follow them for however me personally if i was following someone like that and there was a movement as big as this bear in mind this is this isn't just a black lives matter movement this is a civil rights movement yeah and there's a movement as big as this which affects every single human on the whole planet and you're not posting about it and it's something that's that important to me i'm just gonna unfollow you am i gonna call you out on it no but equally i understand that i am intelligent enough to to know that there's a lot more beyond this person's influencer page but i also understand there's some people that really follow people and their whole lives Mm. and it's a lifestyle it's a exactly and and what what you know what comes with that is okay you have a responsibility you have a platform of you know 100k plus or 200k plus followers okay so now you need to understand that every single thing that you say is going to be scrutinized from head to bottom for example yeah i don't know if you guys saw shake beauty yeah yeah oh so yeah. this was this was a few oh, <laughs> this was the, for anyone who hasn't um who wasn't aware of what happened with her basically a few weeks ago she posted a video on her Instagram story saying, oh, um, all asthma, I don't know what all the drama is about, yeah? Bearing in mind, people outed her, you know, people cussed her out. She lost loads of followers. She done, like, an apology um, 
note which I think was written by her husband. But anyway, Most we move. Likely. Yeah. Um, the, don't get me wrong. She's learned from her what what she said, which was problematic. But my thing is, yeah, is if you are of that level of influence. You need to be careful with what you're saying. Can I... You can't just be posting. You've lost that privilege. You've yeah. lost that right to fit. Don't get me wrong. Anyone posting it, even if you have one follower, anyone posting stuff like that is problematic. However, you have lost the right to post what you want to post and without scrutiny. Therefore, anything you post or do not post is subject to that. And rightfully so, because that's how you make your money. Yeah? Can I can i just say something mm. with her my biggest problem is it's not even that she wrote all lives matter uh i think about a year ago on halloween she wore dreads and she um she i think for halloween remember, yeah, yeah yeah i can't remember what artist she went as but she wore dreads and she wore her like um uh outfit like uh like a i don't know i can't remember the singer anyway she wore it as a costume. She wore dreads as a costume. But it wasn't even... Let's move on. It wasn't even a wig. Like, she actually went and got her hair done, like, in dreads, right? Mm. And, like, this was a look she wanted to continue on for quite a while. And um, she was posting about it. She learned, like, everyone was calling her out. They were saying, you're not a black woman. This is wrong. You don't understand the history about this. Like, you are exhausted. Yeah, you're not Rastafarian. You're not <laughs> Rastafarian. You're not, like, just go and learn basically mm. go educate yourself um and she, she saw no problem with it but eventually she apologized cool that is your first learning curve what are you supposed to do then you're supposed Continue to go to learn yeah. and learn and educate and educate and educate okay because you have eyes on you this is why i don't believe in i don't believe in cancel culture right but i also believe i it, i'm conflicted because you need to call people out on their shit when they like mm. fool me once, right? Shame on me. Fool me twice. Well, I don't know. Am I shame on you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like it, it just pissed me off so much when she wrote that whole "All Lives Matter" thing because it's like again you're taking away from people's feelings. These people are saying they are hurt by your actions. What you are mm. doing is hurtful. At the end of the day, if you're a decent fucking human being, you are gonna be like, okay, I need to retract and realize what i've done i've clearly done something wrong if i'm upsetting a whole big group of people you have not only like you've upset this group of people once and mm. now you're doing it again by saying all mm. lives matter clearly you should have understood and educated yourself the first time why yeah why are you not learning anything. if you're just don't say anything yeah mm. the, the thing is with me with the whole influencer situation the reason I kind of disagree with them not doing anything is because their name to me, the fact that they're literally an influencer, they are there to influence their audience, meaning yeah. mm. everything they're giving out, it's either a promotion, it's either a kind of, of course, they're getting their money, they're getting their brand deals, it's very respectable, cool, do you. But then when it comes to like a movement like this, where you have the chance to educate people, not change political opinion, not like say, hey, vote this, you know, do your thing if you're worried you're going to lose followers. But the thing is, when it comes to a movement like this, where you have the chance to tell people this is what 
it should look like, the world should look like, because racism shouldn't be an argument because this is what the world should have already been and we have the chance to fix it you have that chance some celebrities they literally don't even want to be a celebrity they enter the industry wanting to sing and act and like write and like they don't want some of the fame it's their passion you are an influencer you know you're entering this field to get fame to get be seen to be heard in this in this form so by you not conforming to like I'm going to influence in another way. That's you just being picky. You're saying, I'm not getting money from that. So I'm not, I don't have any impact on that. Or it doesn't affect me personally. So I don't care. And that's very, it's very apparent because now you see people and their true uh, points of view. So for example, someone who isn't vocalizing on any issue and is just kind of sitting back and still posting Mm. on their stories about their fashion. Cool. But we now know that you don't care because it doesn't affect you. It doesn't affect anyone near you. So you're just like in a bit. And mm. that's the kind of thing that doesn't sit right with me because it's like, you can do so much and you have, there's so many young people out there that you have the chance to affect that you didn't even realize that you, your words mean something to them. They follow you day to day. They are like in their minds, you're their friend. Like you, whatever you say is like a conversation with them in their home. So mm-hmm. you have a much bigger role than you think. That's how I stand yeah. with that. Yeah. And- and this is the thing, it's like, as an influencer, you don't even have to post information. No one, don't do that. If you don't know enough and that's your excuse, fine, don't do yeah. that. But post petitions, post people to vote. Exactly. Post um, donation links. Like, yeah. you don't have to say Black Lives Matter. You don't have to say All Lives Don't say anything. But at least raise awareness for people to actually go and do something proactive you don't want to educate yourself that's on you that's fine some people are just not ready to take that influx of information it's fucked up but hey ho to each their own mm. but at least promote a donation or a petition or at least to vote be politically aware even if you're going to choose the side that is not with this movement even if you are going to be a white supremacist go educate yourself if you sit there and have a debate with a white supremacist they know their shit they've like went and researched all kinds of <laughs> you know bullshit but they they come with like a whole background right they come ready in defense of their points and so it's like I get it if you don't want to post because you don't have that you don't have that information behind you. But at least post a donation, post yeah. a link for you know something. Yeah, it pisses me off things like uh, how they're using like Black Lives Matter for like capitalist agenda right now in terms of like pretty little thing. And I think oh Polly, yeah, loads of like these um, um, clothing websites that kind of uh you know they, they clothing websites them. bearing in mind that are fast fashion that are yeah, exploitative yeah, that exploitative in so and and actually the fact that they're exploiting mm-hmm. their workers yeah. is actually but, rooted in racism yeah. and, also and yeah. so yeah. these are the ironic literally and these are the companies that were shook when quarantine happened everyone's getting discount codes left right and center mm-hmm. because they yeah. were panicking because they were going to go out of business yeah. yeah and now they're using things like oh you know they're doing black lives matter when it's just posting about it but not doing anything in terms of your company not Mm. donating or not actually making any kind of change is what is that going to do what's that going to do and i've just to gain it's just to gain customers and whatever just it's just cloud it's It's a trend it's It's the same with starbucks yeah. Starbucks got called out and now they did like because they said no none of the uh, employees can wear Black Lives Matter um, uh, anything to do affiliated with it in their uniform and 
they got called out on it and now they're doing um t-shirts part of their uniform that has black lives matter on it mm. and it's like same as where, football clubs i don't know if i don't know if any of you lot saw see football started yesterday yeah. and they've they all got black lives t-shirts. matter on the back of yeah. their t-shirts which is like it's so funny obviously because you know last week yeah. there was the far right protest and Tommy Robinson was calling out all of the far right footballers and everyone you know all the football hooligans come out come out come and protect your statues and they're watching the football yesterday and it's all black lives matter on the t-shirts which is just yeah, good. brilliant good. absolutely fantastic um so it's kind of like yeah this is this is you're going to hear about this um, but then they don't do enough as well when, you know, I can't remember what country it was. And they were shouting things like monkey at the yeah, stadium. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, it ha- yeah. It happens, like, it happens here nothing. in the UK. It happens here. It's, there you go. There you go. Like, what are we going to do about that? Like, why aren't you? Okay. You know, sticking a middle finger up to Tommy Robinson. That's incredible. And it is a change that we needed. But also do more like that we shouldn't just be like happy with the bare minimum yeah do more and it's way overdue yeah and i feel like i feel like honestly in the past week i've been to at least 10 zoom calls on bame disparity when it comes to covid on racial inequality and I'm hearing regurgitating information. I'm not going to lie. I'm hearing information that I've heard before. I'm hearing yeah. information that I've learned. I'm hearing information that I've already learned. And I'm hearing information that I already know because this has been my work for a very long time now. Um, especially when COVID started, I was already on this. So when the Black Lives Matter movement came, I was already quite well versed in how, you know, how deep rooted racism is within our, you know, our housing, our education, our healthcare our policing, I already knew all of that. So obviously when now the Black Lives Matter movement came up again, bear in mind, I say again because Black Lives Matter has been here for a few years, but as in came into prominence and into the media and we're having loads of protests. When it came up, I kind of already knew where the deep roots were. So obviously on a surface level, it's great that everyone's starting to make noise about racial inequality. But what Marcus Rashford has done which is phenomenal is he has taken it the level everyone needs to start taking that because there's a point don't get me wrong activism is incredible activism is always the first step and activism is amazing because it creates uproar it creates fuel it creates fire yeah it creates media it creates publicity but there comes a point where activism has to meet policy because if it doesn't meet policy we're not going to get nowhere because already I'm, you know, as I said in the beginning, I'm seeing things are starting to filter out. I'm seeing, you know, posts more to do with fashion. Maybe, maybe I need to just change my own feed and who I'm following, but I'm definitely seeing more of pre COVID posting. Yeah. Now obviously shops are open. People are buying more. Um, people are getting back into fashion, which is, as I said, fine. If that's what people want to do, that's what people want to do. Me personally, what I want to see is I want to continue seeing what I am passionate about. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes it can get overwhelming and sometimes I need to log out. But when I go on now, that is what I want to see. For example, now people are starting to talk about the Yemen crisis. And the reason that's why people are starting to talk about the Yemen crisis is because they are on the verge of extinction from the world map. Now, that only came about recently, but the Yemen crisis 
came to my attention over a year ago because of my sister. Because my sister knew a guy who was Yemeni and one, me and her were at a restaurant and she was, cr- Muna was crying to me about what happened in Yemen and what was happening in Yemen. And, you know, the, the political ties and all of that. Yeah, so, so for people who I feel like are well-versed to kind of see, again, I go back to like the trauma porn-led industry because, I, you know, it's kind of like, people are just are just posting for the sake of posting and not understanding because even with Yemen yeah you know people are posting about you know oh donate here and this and that quite frankly they've got blockades up so you're donating however many thousands don't get me wrong some charities can get through and can give aid but what we really need to do is to be pressuring the government to put pressure on international government Mm. Mm. To, to to try and lift the blockade because without policy change and without and th- the problem with Yemen is a lot of it is to do with politics mm. and if we can't infiltrate politics nothing is going to happen don't get me wrong I'm really happy that people are more aware of it and I'm really happy that people are talking about it and people are outraged and people's hearts are open and people are like wow oh my god this is the biggest you know humanitarian crisis this is the biggest famine we've seen I think this might be the biggest famine since the Bengal famine I'm not sure don't quote me yeah. on that but 22 million people are are in are in uh are in hunger now they are, mm-hmm. are in the famine in Yemen yeah, it's been going on for three years been going on for three years and it's just escalating. yeah and saudi arabia are the culprits well iran as well actually but you know who who deals with arms with saudi arabia the uk so the uk is not complicit the uk Mm. is giving the arms to saudi arabia to then go and bomb do you know what i mean the blockades are up so they can't receive humanitarian aid there's so many political factors so if anything people in the uk actually have a lot I mean, they could do, they could change a potentially a famine. If they, Absolutely. If, if we were to pressure our own government and yeah. kind of tell them this is not how we want it to go. Yeah. And people need to start pressuring their MPs. And to, I mean, there's loads of templates. If anyone is interested in a template, come on to uh, my page and I will redirect you to one of my friends who's got it all on her bio. And she's got templates for, to send a letter to your local MP about Yemen and also a template to reopen Shukri Abdi's case as well. You yes. know what? We'll post it on the YP4P page as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um her story still breaks my heart every time yeah, I, I Shukri read Abdi. It. Yeah. Really Honestly, bre- the fact that the Madeline McCann case is yeah. like and that's ongoing. And can can I just quickly talk talk about Shukri's case? Yeah. I don't know if uh, again if anyone is familiar with her case, but Shukri was a twelve year old uh, Somali girl went to school in Manchester. She only came from Somalia a year prior and Mm. she was basically bullied at school. Her mum went to her school on several occasions and told the school, listen, Shukri's getting bullied. Is there any way I can pick her up earlier? You know, various different different methods to try and... She was proactive. Yeah, very proactive. I still find it crazy that schools still to this day allow bullying to happen. Like, I still cannot wrap my head around that. Like, the amount of times a teacher is present and can hear and all that stuff and they're just like, "Mm, not my problem, not my problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy to me, but sorry, go on. Um, So then there were uh, four white girls who were basically bullying her, bullying her, bullying her. They took her to a river... They, they pretended to be her they friend. They pretended to be her friend. They bit her. They beat her. They pushed her in the river where she subsequently passed away. 
And when the coroner report came, um, and obviously uh, they found her body, they said that she went into the river because she was hot and she couldn't swim. This is a girl who's come from Somalia who, you it's know, in 45 lived, degree weather. Has, lived in, <laughs> has lived in above 45 degree yeah. weather. Also, doesn't know how to swim. So why is she going to go cool off in the in the river? And also, why would she be cooling off in the river? You know, her hijab and everything on. like yeah. It just doesn't make sense. There's too many inconsistencies. It just all doesn't make sense. And, and the do school, they think we're and the, Do we actually think mm, we're mums? Mm, like, I think I they know. do. And the school, the school, the school changed the name yeah. and changed the school uniform. So obviously yeah. when you go and type yeah. in the school name, that, yeah, that, that case is not linked to that school. So there's been loads of petitions um, to reopen her case. And the mayor of Manchester is now thinking of it. And I say that in, you know, quotation marks. But let's see how far it goes. And I think the reason as to why her case isn't fully being reopened is because there's not enough noise about it. And the reason why there's not enough noise about it is because obviously not enough people are talking about it because it's not got enough, you know, quote, in quote, out quote, clout. Yeah. Whereas I think if you've got the biggest celebrities and if you've got the Kim K talking about Shukri Abdi and this, that and the other, I think that it would potentially be reopened. But this is the point. If you're an influencer, yeah, yeah. Come through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Because I'm just Bay, um uh Abdi TV. And you know what? This is one thing I really rate about I'm just bait. Because you know, I'm just bait, yeah. He'll he'll post political posts sometimes and different posts, and I will always see on his comments, oh, but this is a meme page. Why are you posting about policy? And that's one thing I really rate about him because he's got over three million followers mm. and he really like posts about whatever he wants to post about. Yeah. Always, yeah. always. And there's never yeah. been and, and I think that he that ratio that he's got is perfect because he is a meme page and he does post that stuff. But when it comes to important shit, I'm telling you now, yeah, that guy he's got it. He's on like his page. news around, but for yeah. Instagram, <laughs> but for Instagram, Honestly. yeah. So, so yeah, I think I think going back to the the Yemen crisis, it's now about it's not just about posting just for the sake of posting. And this is again what you were saying earlier, Sabra, as well. I think that people really need to understand what they are posting so that when people go and question them and say, what is this and what does this do and how can we help? And you already, you already know what to say. You already have the answers because you're responsible for what you post. Yeah. I I don't, uh, to be honest, I, I'll come out and say I haven't posted enough about the Yemen crisis. I posted petitions. I posted um, donation. I donated like I've, but I don't know enough about it politically, mm. about what's been going mm. on. And I haven't, uh, to be honest, I could do way, way more. I know that. I haven't researched enough into it. I don't know all the ins and outs. Um, so I don't feel like, like I, again, like we were saying, in terms of um, responsibility, social media is a responsibility. Mm. And I'll post it in terms of to get, gain awareness um, for like the tiny following I do have. But at the end of the day, I can't, if someone was to reply to my thing and be like, oh, what's this about what's going on? Uh, all I can say is I know like this country is almost going to go extinct, basically. And there is over 20 million people in famine. Like to have it, like everyone has a heart. Like that's all you should. That's all you should know. You should be able to yeah. share, to donate and to, you know, that's all you should it. need. But in, 
in terms of like speaking about it I wouldn't know what to say and that that's the wrong thing on my part and to I have to educate myself and you know put as much passion into it as you know the this is the thing it's like you need now I feel like we're getting into this kind of um time of like we can't ignore certain things mm. and social media has become such a big part of it that when something comes up it's like it's gonna constantly be on your feed for days on end mm. and it's like it's gonna you're gonna have to educate yourself you're gonna have to wake up and you're gonna have to kind of reevaluate your thinking constantly yeah. so you can't turn away anymore yeah you can't yeah and if you do then it's like it, you we can't live in the state of ignorance is bliss yeah. because like you it's just yeah well i mean it doesn't work anymore i mean so to go back to the black lives matter movement and to kind of you know what can we do now now that the now that the activist momentum has died down now that we're not seeing as many protests now all of that type of thing what can we do i'm gonna tell you a few things that you can do so if you've got a pen and paper please get you know get your pen and paper ready i'm gonna tell you what i what i'm gonna tell you what i've been recommending and I'm going to tell you what you can then go right to your MP or local councillor or set up a meeting with your local councillor in your local ward or whatever it might be. And believe you me, I'm in local politics. The local politicians are going to listen. They have to listen. First and foremost, join a political party. Because if you join a political party, more than likely they're going to have a BAME forum. Yeah. Join that BAME forum. Voice your opinions. Speak to people who are able to make policy change. And the thing is, the reason why I say join a political party is because irrespective of whether you agree with all of the the policies and manifestos and everything within that political party, that's the only way you're going to be able to get your voice heard, whether you like it or not. Yeah, let's be real. Most of us, we are not, you know, financially able to just go completely independent, print out our own leaflets, have access to all of these databases and send letters to every single person in the borough. We don't have those resources. So joining a political party is the best way for you to get your voice heard. That's A, yeah? B, go to BAME forums. See what the people in the political party are saying. See what your local councillors and your local ward members and people in your CLP are saying. See what views they have. See what policy recommendations they have. Next thing, check out how many BAME people actually live in your area. See the percentages, see where the police stations are. Have a look at the community police. Reach out to the community police because there is a community police force and these people are on the ground and work so hard every single day. And I really, people need to differentiate between community police and then the, the police and, the, and the, the territorial police as well. They're all completely different things. When you look at community police, they actually know the young boys in the area. They can recognise when young boys are starting to be groomed and all of that and the third, yeah? Because you've got to understand where kids are not in school anymore, live maybe in crowded housing, maybe their parents don't have enough for tutors, maybe they share a room with, with siblings who are, you know, 10 plus years age gap. There's so many different factors to this where kids are going to be out on the street more yeah days are longer it's getting hotter they're gonna want to be in high park they're gonna want gonna want to link up with their friends they're gonna want to do this gonna want to do that shops are just starting to reopen 
cafes and restaurants still aren't open. So there's so much more leeway for so much to happen. We know that the police is inst- the police force is institutionally racist. So what they're going to do, they're going to go and they're going to racially profile these young boys, specifically young boys, who don't have anything to do. Don't want to be at home because we don't know what's going on at home. Don't have a school to go to. Aren't interested in academia. So therefore, what they're going to do, they're going to go on the roads. Yeah. Cool. So if you're able to reach out to your community police, maybe even volunteer, maybe go to your local youth centre, maybe go to to your, your local youth workers, see what you can do. Yeah. Particularly those who are on furlough still or, you know, are only at work part time. Get active in your local community because one thing we can do is be active locally. Don't get me wrong. We're not all saying, oh, yeah, we're not MPs and this, that, the other. We get that. We understand that. But if you can't even help within the five mile radius of where you live, what are you screaming about? If you can't even yeah. help where you live, what are you actually on about? Mm. So that's the first thing that I, that I would say to do. Secondly, start thinking about different policies that can be implemented in your area. So, for example, in my area, our youth centres, my mum is trying to push for night owl youth centre. So they want youth centres to be extended until about 2am, 3am on weekends. So it's a refuge for boys to be like, yo, you know what, let's go to the youth centre. I know someone there. That's first thing that you should start recommending to your local council um, and to your to your local councillors to see whether they can get that from the ward budget. That's the first thing. Um, the second thing that you guys need to do is see if you have some kind of equalities cabinet minister, write to them. Bombard the leader of your council. Bombard them, bombard them, bombard them. Say to them, what are you doing to fix the racial disparities when it comes to COVID and after the Black Lives Matter movement? What are you doing? See how many councillors you've got that are from a BAME background. Further than that, don't just look at BAME because we know that BAME is a problematic word because we know that really and truly we need to separate between black and POC. But particularly when yes. you're looking at when you're looking at yes. white Tories, white Tories don't understand that. Yeah. So go in with BAME first and equalities first, ease in slowly and then hit them hard. Yeah. Then start to ask, OK, give me your black counsellors. Give me your black representatives. Give me someone who works for this. Give me someone who works for this. What jobs are you offering? Because particularly in poorer areas, in particularly in London, uh, I mean, I can't say up and down the country, but I'm going to assume it's the same. What type of jobs do they offer? Manual labour construction hairdressing that is the ceiling of opportunity and education that we are teaching these kids do you know how problematic that is yeah so problematic therefore if you have a skill set if you have a degree go and chat to the youth workers do do master classes teach on what you know if you're a lawyer yeah or if you're a if you're a doctor or if you're a here have master classes. These kids that are still, you know, haven't even hit GCSE, and power, and power haven't, yeah, haven't even hit GCSE. Talk to them on a the level. Say no, to them, offer them, offer them apprenticeship. Offer them apprenticeship. Offer Say to yeah. them, listen, Give them shadow me. Sh- yes, shadow me in what I do, whatever it might be. Start it, and from then. When you speak to the community, you know, as I said, I don't know who's listening. I don't know where these people are listening from. But 
start locally even if it means handwriting a leaflet yeah and and going to your library or whatever it might be and copying it and posting it to all your neighbors just to say hi this is you know i'm gonna even do a zoom call i'm gonna do a zoom call in two weeks time if you've got kids that want to learn about this 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 and this i'm going to be doing a zoom call might be on black because history there's so many, be, there's there's so so many, many things, there's so many things that we can do so i just feel like you know people saying what can we do now the momentum has died out these are some of the steps that you can do yeah i'm not saying that you need to be on a marcus rashford level where you're writing big boy letters to big boy men yeah because we all know that that's going to be really difficult for, for it to get through and the reason as to why marcus's letter went through is because he is who he is which then goes on to my point about influencers which you're right selma use your platform if this really is something that you are posting about and you're not just posting for clout and you're not just posting a black box for blackout tuesday my g do something yeah. You have the ability to get through to people who will listen to you because of who you are. Even ask, there doesn't have to be your own idea. Ask people about what you can do. Ask them, what can I do to pressure the government and policy ministers to implement, Google, to Google implement, yeah, to it. implement changes? What can be done? And it's these, and I, I don't, I don't want to come across as if I'm just kind of badgering on at people or lecturing people. And I don't want it to come across as like a very like a politician's type of view. And I don't want it to come across as though I'm being, you know, pragmatic. But also, same time, I just want people to think outside the box because I get it. You know, the past few weeks has been a lot for for many of us for most of us the influx of information has been overwhelming the amount of learning that we've had to do has been overwhelming particularly if you haven't you know done uni and loads and haven't read as much as people i know people who haven't read a book since school and are starting mm -hmm. to read books because of black lives matter yeah which is incredible but also on the flip side it's a lot mm. it's it can be it can be draining I get it. Yeah, we just we just have to be conscious as much as possible of how is this time, how is now different than the previous Black Lives Black Lives Matter movements mm. that have come. What are we doing now? Like, because last time, you know, this isn't the first time that something has happened. Maybe not to this scale, but we've experienced. We see this. police We're brutality we all the time. Yeah, and then we forget about it yeah but how are we doing it so it's literally part of our conscious at the back of our minds every day as we're going into work how am i constantly changing how am i constantly doing better in the language that i speak with my friends with my family how am i changing that and it's like how are you it's you have to think as well what am i willing to sacrifice you have to sacrifice something within this time so that you can be the best ally that you can be and it doesn't have to be a crazy big thing it can just be five minutes of your time every day or it could be like you know sharing your wisdom in terms of your occupation like we were saying doing a mentor being a mentor for you know minority kids you can help them start you know have a step ahead in life like mm. there are so many ways to get involved and i think people um if if right now you don't know it's just an excuse to be honest yeah. i mean aman yeah. you've listed the best things. by the way yeah. this is a shout out if anyone wants to get into local politics please hit me up because we <laughs> want you we want the young people hit i'm gonna hit up. you up <laughs> 
But um, yeah, I think DM on at YP for podcast. Yeah, please. Um, and I think I think that it's important to kind of to also say that you know I was on I was on a bay meeting yesterday, and this is actually a white issue, and and white people are really the ones who need to change this in terms of Mm. you know systemic racism. Let's be real here. Yeah, Yeah? because they're at the top. They're at the top. Let's be real here. But as much as we can push, we need to start pushing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's for every single person, whether you're black, uh, not black, but POC, white. And when I say white, there's honestly, there's so many different whites as well. Do you know what I mean? White is not just, we're generalizing, but just whoever you are, this is now your time. If you've seen stuff on social media, You've seen, okay, so I posted this. I've educated myself on this. I've learned some more terms. I know how to talk to people, you know, when it comes to like, for example, management, you know, in the workplace, you know that if you've been gaslighted, you know what that means, you know how to go about it, you know. So we know the terms now, yeah? We know how we feel. We know that we can hold people accountable. We know that people are starting to be a bit more educated and more aware of systemic racism and uh, you know for a long time a lot of people were very defensive and people were like oh no but you know it's not like that anymore and no I'm not racist no Karen you are and I feel Listen, like, you're not outwardly racist but like yeah yeah the, that you're, you're it's, it's ingrained it's, within you yeah exactly it's, it's a systematic yeah. issue it's it's covert so I think that now that we've come to the acknowledgement and we've we've progressed a lot in the past few weeks, by the way, when it comes to people's mindset and people being really open to be criticised and scrutinised, which is a massive step because the acceptance and acknowledgement of, OK, you know what? This was out of line. This was out of pocket. This was racist of me. I'm going to sit back and before I start to say, bah, 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 I'm actually going to shut my mouth and listen yep. to what people have to say. So the fact that we've gotten that far is incredible and the fact that we're able to have those conversations incredible now we need to push forward before we start you know oh now the shops are open now sales are going to come through now everyone's going to want the new season of zara now on the 4th of july restaurants are going to open everyone's going to go want a stunt in novikov and this is that and the other before we get to that point before we get to that moment is it 4th of july i'm sure it's 4th of july for restaurants no is that it they're gonna open yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Is it fourth or fourteenth? I had no I idea. Sorry, I'm <laughs> sure it's the fourth. But anyway, irrespective of when they're going to open, they're going to open in the next few weeks, and everyone's going to be too preoccupied because already I'm seeing everyone's trying to go to Harrods and Selfridges and this and that and go get their new deals, deals, yeah, which is fine. But what I'm trying to say is that's how many hours out of their day that's now occupied and given to that. Furthermore, people are going back into work. People are this. People are not going to have time to actually go and do policies. Because bearing in mind, posting on social media takes two seconds, you know. You can post and this, that and the other. Actually putting pen to paper and using your brain to properly think about policy. And to properly talk. That's a sacrifice. That's a, I'm talking sacrifice. I'm talking minimum two to three hours a day. Seven days a week, mm. I'm talking. That's mm. minimum. So I'm so you know that's 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 a lot. That's what almost 15 hours a week that you're taking out of your time, voluntary to go for a cause that you say that you believe in because you've posted about it and you posted that you believe in it. So put actions to your words, and this is what I was saying about this is when activism meets policy. 
Because when the two don't join together, we're not going to get anywhere. Mm. When you know we can we can continue checking people on cultural appropriation, we can continue checking people on what they're saying and what they're posting and and the the effectiveness of their posts, i.e. the Yemen crisis. Yeah, you know how many more times do I need to message people and say, listen, okay, cool, you're 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 posting about Yemen and about kids dying. I mean, there's a video I don't know if you guys have seen, which is absolutely heartbreaking, of a young child. And they have to eat leaves. They're getting yeah. leaves. They're putting oh it, putting it in so a pot sad. into like a paste and eating leaves. When I saw that video, I could not stop crying. Your heart will break. But again, it's that trauma porn industry where people post it, feel super sad for a day or two because it's on their stories and they don't know what to do next. They mm. understand where it might have come from. They understand, you know, maybe they've heard Saudi Arabia here and there, but that's it. They think, okay, cool. So I can, I can, you know, donate 50 pound here or 25 pound here and here and here and here. But what next? I'm telling you now, money doesn't help as much as you think it helps. It helps some of the charities. Yes, don't get me wrong. Some of the charities that are able to have access into the blockades, but there is a blockade for a reason. You need to pressure the government. You need to look up your local councils. You need to look up your MP. Not even local councils, the leader of the council. You need and to start MP. looking up on inquiries. You need to start being proactive. You be if you're serious about politics, join a political party. As I said, regardless as to whether... You, go and canvas. Yeah, go and canvas. Regardless as to whether you fully agree with their policies or not, that's the only way your voice is going to be heard. That is the only way. And I'm, I can't stress this enough. And I don't want this to be like a massive political campaign because I feel like that's what it's going into. But honestly, guys, please, please, if you feel as though this is what you are passionate about, listen to me. I know that this works. And we are so strong in numbers. Look at what mm. Marcus Rashford done. Look at mm. what he done. He should be a leading example, not only for influencers, for, for us. Because anyone with any type of platform, no matter how small, is an influencer. You are influencing think, someone. Yeah. And to be honest, like, you should start out, like, however old you are. Schools need to, to be honest, like, they need to get more political. Mm. They yeah. need to teach kids more. And um, I think even like on Channel Four, they're doing they're they're showing a show. I think it starts next week or something. Um, and they're doing it. Let me just check. It's a basically they're doing it on like a they're segregating a school and they're teaching about like racial bias and stuff like that in schools. And it's just like kind of making kids, you know, politically conscious at a young age. I think is really important whatever way they decide to go even if they decide to become you know right wing like uh, educate yourself no literally if they're teaching you thing. sex ed in year six they can teach you politics mm -hmm. in year six, they were teaching us in but that's what i'm saying if they can teach that then then teach me about how politics works because you clearly think mm -hmm. i'm bigger than exactly. the, like mm -hmm. this age you know what i mean mm -hmm. this excuse of like oh you know how do we have these difficult conversations with children listen you can have these yes. conversations. Yeah. It's Listen, it's not as complicated as you make and it. And part of and this, part, I mean, 
The problem is when we talk about education and we talk about the curriculum, we know what needs to change when it comes to the mm. curriculum. But it's so much bigger than us. I saw um, I saw a post on Instagram today. It was literally three swipes full of petitions on changing the curriculum and including more black history. And they've all been rejected. So yeah. people need to understand what we're really, really up against. Like, it's really difficult. But did they meet? The curriculum. Did they meet all the signatures? Yeah, they did. All of these ones that were rejected, and they just got rejected. All the signatures, and they got rejected. But this is what I'm that saying. Like, don't get me. Don't get me wrong. I know that we can't pressure parents to do a teacher's role. Yeah, particularly when you know we don't know parents' situations yeah. and where they've come from and what they're doing in their lives and how much burdens and stresses that they have and you know we live Honestly, in one of, we live in one with... you know in London we live in one of the most expensive capital cities in the in the world and it's r- really tough you know people that are living on the breadline and people that you know have to go to food banks we have so much relative poverty in London it's cr- I mean that's a whole another episode mm, yeah. but it's it's so much to kind of put those burdens on parents and parents when they send their children to school they expect those burdens to be alleviated but honestly they don't teach your kids this stuff they yeah. don't and I'm not saying that you know and, you, know, you just have be... to suck it up and teach it I, I get it I get it, I get it, I get it. But also we we have to we have to open our 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 minds here. We have to open our brains. They have an agenda. But this is the thing, it can be as simple as having a conversation over dinner about, you know, experiences at school. Like if your child comes home and says, Oh, this and this and this happened and you hear a problem with that, you can unpack that just mm. over dinner. It's just a conversation. Mm. Like you can buy your kids you know black dolls and brown dolls and white dolls normalize different beauty standards normalize these things in your household have conversation like when your kid is curious about a person who doesn't look like them have those conversations it's only difficult because you choose it to be like and it it doesn't just have to come from a parent if your parent is you know unfortunately ignorant or whatever older siblings you can have with these conversations with your younger siblings like it doesn't just stop there and it's Mm. and this is why i say people who are on this whole activism wave and people who are on now political ways and which is amazing which i love you know take what take what i said earlier hand out in your local area leaflets for a zoom call start zoom calls one hour a week, if you can, do a Zoom call on educating Just about talk. what's going on. Talk. Talk to kids. And I'm telling you now, there's going to be some parents that are so thankful that you are there. You become a mentor in whatever discipline you have. Just talk. But educate yourself. You educate yourself. It's the best gift. The, the best gift the is to educate people and to be educated. Awesome. The most important gift that, that anyone can ever have. And honestly, I swear, if we just do little bit by little bit, but it's all of us, it, oh, because what was the saying? It takes a village to raise a child. Mm -hmm. And it's so true. Yeah. Back home, it's not just the parent that's raising the child. It really is the whole, in Arabic, in Deliji, we say Helma. It really is the whole neighborhood. And it's, it's true here, but we just, we just don't have that culture here. But it's so true. It mm-hmm. really takes the whole neighborhood. It takes the whole village to raise someone. 100%. Everyone has expertise in different in different departments in different disciplines. Use but it. I think with here we have this problem of 
um, you know, every man for themselves. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. In Western society, we definitely yeah, like, capitalism. Be selfish. Be selfish. <laughs> love yourself. I'm not saying don't love yourself. Of course, love yourself. But it, it's almost to a level of like there's like a, almost a greed, mm. and it's like you we can't think like that anymore like more than anything we've realized during this whole like covid19 situation of being quarantined we need like we need social interaction we need, we need unity we need to have that rapport and it's like it's so we're it's never going to be the same again we're not we we need we shouldn't more than ever. and people are really like um coming out for their community they're really standing up like i've seen so many people who have like come out for like you know um people who are vulnerable and self-isolating and they come they've done shopping for them and things like that little acts of kindness here and there way more than we usually see because as humans our nature is to help we are like helpful people so it's i don't know where this narrative of like every man for themselves came from because it it shouldn't be like that mm. and more than ever during this time like that is really really important to take on and actually what are you going to leave behind you know as a if you want to think about it in terms of the as a legacy what are your kids going to think of you when they're like educating themselves in their time they're going to say what what were you doing in this movement what were you a part of how were you involved what are you going to have to say yeah and i think yeah something to kind of think on really for sure yeah absolutely um yeah i think this has been a really uh insightful episode actually because i think that it's important to discuss what we can do how we can move forward and the next type of steps and everything that we've discussed baby steps yeah. absolute baby steps but it just means that we take it beyond social media and i think that you know with influencers and we, with whatever it might be don't look at them for guidance don't look at what they say is is that's it that's the ultimate exactly it's not the ultimate end because you know as i said the past few weeks we've learned a lot Mm -hmm. a lot now we're we're we've seen you know those cycles breaking up in social media because people are tired of learning because that's the thing is it's that kind of exhausted activism Mm -hmm. where people are like where can i put that energy into now now i need to breathe calm down and think rationally now i've all of that anger's come out all of that hurt has been screamed all of that rage is out and i've found people that also are angry and passionate about the same causes now what can we do let's think rationally and i think that you know it's it's time for us to really start putting our heads together and thinking of way to make impactful change and it's going to be baby steps because it is institutional it is systemic at every single level yeah. you've got systemic racism even from like racial racially profiling from the police then kids go into the the prison system and i think it was i think the figure is 71% of prison intakes um, are for non-violent related crimes over 50% are from the BAME community of those intakes mm. yeah. then when you look at judges less than 1% of judges are black mm-hmm. when you have these judges who are given these sentences they're not gonna they're not gonna sympathize mm. they're not gonna understand when less than 1% is black mm. judges that's crazy
So people need to understand what we're dealing with. People need to understand the level of systemic racism that we have. And I think people do understand that. But it's now early intervention, early community intervention, and everyone needs to come together on this. We need unity and solidarity from every single skin colour, shade, background, religion, wealth, uh, uh, class, everything. Because without solidarity, we're not going to get anywhere. It does help with influencers like Marcus Rashford, Marcus Rashford, like we've said so many times in this episode. It does help with that. But we can't just rely on people with a big platform. So with that, yeah, thanks for a good episode. I think that was <laughs> kind of needed to, to politically vent. um and yeah let us know your thoughts um on our instagram page at yp4 podcast all your like your recommendations and everything we really really want to hear about it we'll definitely post um the mp templates for the yemen crisis and the shukri abdi crisis i don't know shukri abdi crisis to open the shukri abdi case beg your pardon i don't know if you guys have any other templates that you want to include but we'll kind of we'll we'll make a thread of those um so that you guys can continue bombarding your mps and your local council but yeah thank you so much guys thank Thank you you. thank you Bye. 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 bye bye